Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. Oh, that's so good. You know, I love what God is doing in their family right now. And I love what God could do in your family right now. Or if you don't have a family yet, I love what God could do in your life right now. Just good to be in the house of God with some, some friends and some family this morning. Who else spent a little more time reading their Bibles last week? Yeah. If you missed last week, we're talking about it. We're in our series, Too Busy Not To. I'm too busy not to. God, I'm too busy not to do five things in my life that God showed Joshua. I'm just too busy not to do them. And last week, we talked about reading my Bible. Now, today, it's too busy not to rest. Too busy not to rest. I got a kicker at the end, so just hang on. Too busy not to rest. If I was the devil, nobody's ever started a sermon like that ever, so I figured I would try it. If I was the devil, and I'm not, <laughs> pastor venue church, this is just in. <laughs> we got to get in the paper somehow, right? If I was the devil, and I'm not, if I was the devil, and I couldn't get you from being saved, I'd sell you a hamster wheel and tell you you're too important to get off. Look, you can rest and give up control up front, or you can wait until panic makes you give up control. (laughs) See, panic whispers in your ear. Just keep running. So many people are looking at you. So many people are looking. Just hold it together. Just hold it together for one more day, one more more day, one more day, and then go home and take it out on your kids. That's what panic says. (laughs) Rest says the world will somehow keep spinning without you for a few minutes. You're not that important. Hit reset. Recenter your life. I'm going to show you today how to recenter your life. I'm going to show you today that it can be done four or five or 20 times a day if that's what you need. It doesn't take a lot of time, but we just have to learn how to do that. And I'm also going to explain to you, but here's the other thing. We always say recenter, recenter, recenter. Recenter on what? That's the kicker, and you're going to have to wait till the end. And once again, I'm not the devil. Relax, whispers, the world will somehow go on without you for a few minutes. You're not that important. Relax. Take a break. Get recentered. Get back in Christ. You're not that busy. Go to NXT after the service. Get more involved in your church. You want it? That's the next step for you, by the way. This is a little propaganda. We, uh, we serve free lunch there. It's at 12 o'clock, so just hang out in the lobby. Go there. And then what we do is we have these four steps in there so you can find out who we are and you find out who you are and how to get involved in that. Because I'm convinced that if you get involved in your local church, that God has you. And you can actually end every day experiencing this sense of feeling that a Christ follower who who's applies the five disciplines that God applied to Joshua's life and Joshua applied, the five disciplines you can end every day in the hand of God feeling like you mattered. But if you don't do these five things, you won't. So let's get into them. In Joshua chapter 1, in verse 12, it says, And Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Now, don't miss that. Don't miss that. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest 
as he has given you rest, and until they too possess the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned to you. Now you tend to think in your life that if, if all of the stars aligned and my circumstances stop being so stressful, that then I can find rest. But rest has nothing to do with you completing a project, nothing to do with any decision that anybody else in your life can make for you. There's, there's no stressful situation because here's what Joshua would say to you. You're not stressed out. I'm stressed out. And God is commanding me to somehow build rest into the nation of Israel. You think you got problems because you got 12 people in your department. Joshua had like millions of people in his department, all with a lot of problems. Maybe you haven't noticed that, but that hasn't really changed as time has moved on in the world. We just have more problems, and we're better informed about them now. I think I'm sick. Don't diagnose yourself on Google. Please. You will, you will have leprosy. You will have everything that you can have. You're not a doctor. Don't give yourself a heart attack. I got lost in my train of thought there. Here's the thing that he's saying to this tribe, though. He's saying, look... If you can't figure this rest thing out, you're not going to take possession of the land that God wants you to take possession of. Now, if you're not a Christ follower, you're just checking this thing out. You're seeing if God is real. You're seeing if these people are real. Hey, check us out. We think that we are. <laughs> but the best we can do is be honest and just be who we are. That's why our whole culture is based around real boats rock. Life is a mess. We're not afraid of it. We'll just dig into it with you. We'll do life with you. But here's the thing that, that you'll never find your own, uh, your own purpose in life until you start helping other people find their purpose in their life. So health, health is not just for, for you to be happy. Health is for helping. And so this is what NXT teaches you. This is what we teach you in small groups, like searching life with people. You'll find that everybody's got problems. And when you start helping other people find their purpose. Now, here's the thing. There is something, even if you're not a Christ follower, something that you were designed to do in this world. I believe this. That if you don't do, it will be undone. And so there's something special that God wants you to do. And I'm going to say God here because I believe that it's God that has designed you a certain way to do something in this world. And you need to do it. You need to take possession of the land. It's not enough for God to tell you that you're going to possess the land. You actually have to go and possess the land. And I'm going to show you with these five disciplines how that actually happens. But if there's no rest, maybe there's no possession of the land. And if you just run around in a panic all the time, you haven't really taken possession, have you, of your own life? I don't think that you have. We need to learn what Joshua knew. Now, we're talking about reading. You need to read your Bible more. You're not above your discipline, and even Joshua himself was not above reading the Bible. In fact, God said, you won't be successful until you read your Bible every day. Today's rest. Next week is relate. I'm going to teach you how to pray the way that Jesus taught us how to pray. Now, I know, think, I know that you all think you're experts, but you're not. If you come and talk to me, you've got to talk to me a certain way. And I'm not God. When you come to God, you don't come in any old way. You come in God's way. Do you want to be heard? That's right. God's, Jesus is not your homeboy. You want to be heard? Oh, we've got to learn something. We've got to learn respect. We've got to do how to do things in the right order. And when that happens, your prayer can be heard. But we have to, we have to employ honor. We have to employ some of these other things. And, and so if your prayers are going unanswered all the time, well, first of all, you might be praying about the wrong thing. Or you might be praying about the right thing in the wrong way. So let's get a fix so that we can actually have this communication between you and God. Prayer is not just what you want to do. It has to do with the other person, and the other person in this relationship is God. The next thing we need to do is restructure. I want you to find re, uh, security, but if you take a little time every day just to restructure something, you'll get better. Yeah. And tomorrow, more of it will belong to God than to data. And the last thing we need to do, and this is going to fall on remembrance, is that we need to remember. Do you know how David beat Goliath? 
because he remembered that before there was a Goliath, there was a lion and a bear that tried to take the sheep out of his flock. And if God was faithful to help him beat the lion and the bear, then who is Goliath but another lion and another bear? And what tells you that God can do something in your life tomorrow is what he's already done yesterday. And we say this at Venue Church, like the first thing in every human heart that you need to do is know God. If you don't know God, why are you here even? To know God. That's why you're curious, aren't you? You want to know God. You want to get to know God. The second thing you need to do in every human condition is that you need freedom from your past. You need to settle yesterday before you can walk into tomorrow. And so... And so when we, when we do this, we settle yesterday, but God has to take part of your yesterday. And whether or not you saw God in the pain of yesterday, he was there. And when we help you settle yesterday in small groups and particularly in freedom session, when you settle that, you'll see that God was there. Yeah. And that will give you the confidence to move into tomorrow for what God wants to do tomorrow. Yeah, right. I'm not saying everything that happened was good. I mean, my goodness, we're in a broken world. But God can redeem anything, I believe. Yeah. Now, centeredness in rest helps bad decisions from getting locked into really bad decisions. <laughs> I'm going to share this right now. It's driving me crazy these days. But here's, here's what we do in society. We make about a million decisions here. Some of the stuff that happens to you when you're a kid happens to you. You can't control that. But you get into teenage years and you become an adult and then you're the one making the decisions. And about a million decisions later, you land up over here in a broken, hurt, and sinful place most often. And what happens is we end up here, and then because we don't know our way back to what God intended for, for us, we tell ourselves a story that makes this okay. And then if you're a Christ follower, then what the temptation is to do is to, is to tell God to tell you that this is okay. And to tell God to tell you that this is how he made you in the beginning. And this is what he always intended for you. A little too deep for you? But the thing that keeps you there is the story that you tell yourself that makes that okay. Being recentered and what rest will give you, and not just any kind of rest, because some of y'all rest way too much. I don't mean that kind of rest. See, there's this rest on the other side of a battle. That, that's what Joshua was talking about. Like, hey, all your armed people go out in front of the battle. You're going to have to fight for this kind of a rest. This is not a video game rest at 2 a.m. I just keep coming back to this, guys. If you stay up till 4 Every night playing video games, you will be tired and you will need rest, but this is not the rest I'm talking about. You need to grow up. Now, <laughs> but there's this other type of rest here, and what God needs to do in the time of rest and recentering, when you were centering the right way, the story that you tell yourself will become way less important than it, as it used to mean to you. Oh, it's just too good. I'm, I'm just going to have to leave that alone because y'all aren't helping me preach this morning. You don't want to help me preach. So, what story are you afraid to stop telling yourself? Look, if you're not good with money, you can always find somebody who's doing worse and pat yourself on the back. I'm so proud of myself. Thank you for the bathroom selfie last, last week, by the way. And read my Bible, hashtag so proud of myself. Thank you, Janessa and all your little bathroom buddies. And take a bunch of people. Let's get a bunch of people in the bathroom, take a bathroom selfie and post it online. Read my Bible, hashtag. I'm so proud of myself. But you need a different story to tell. What story have you been telling yourself that allows this in your life? That allows you to be way off center from where God wants you to be and where God could actually move you to? What story have you been telling yourself? You're struggling parenting? That's a tough one, right? Because like, how you parent is who you are, right? Your kids, you don't know what to do with one child in particular. Everybody has an evil one. You just don't know what to do. 
or an emotional one or something. And so what, what, so we tell ourselves a story. We just look at our neighbor who has terrible kids. We're just like, well, at least we're doing better than them. But is that still what God intended for you? Is that your best? Absolutely not. <laughs> How about your mental health? I mean, you could always find somebody who's more messed up than you are, but does that mean that you're as healthy as you need to be? Of course not. What story have you been telling yourself that makes this okay? And who, here's a better question, if you can't answer that, if we're having honesty issues. If, because uh, you're going to feel like a vulnerable, I'm just going to hurt your feelings about three or four times today, just get used to it. Here's the other thing, who won't you hang out with that doesn't appreciate your story and all the work you put into it? Who's heard your story so many times, they're just like, man, you got to get tired of telling that story, because I'm so tired of you telling that story, because I think there's so much more in you, and who are you not hanging out with, because they think there's more in you than is in you right now? <laughs> Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in time, times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come. Wouldn't you like to, that to be your story? And the mountains crumble into the sea. What? <laughs> you thought your life was hard. Let the oceans roar and foam. Listen to that. Let them. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Then it goes into all these verses that are like, oh my goodness, God, the economy, and there's wars, and they're, I'm just like tuning it to a Canadian person, like, all this stuff is happening, and we don't have no, any control over this, God. We don't have any control. And then it lands here. The author says, be still. This is God speaking through this person to you. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Stop. Be still and know that I am God. That, that be still means like drop it. Let it drop. Let what drop? I'll explain it in a minute. Let it drop. Restructure. Stop. Stop doing what you're doing. Be still. Abandon. What, what does that mean? You're thinking a certain way and feeling a certain way. You've got to abandon it. Refrain. Withdraw. Be still and know. What does no mean? It means to perceive, to discriminate, to admit. To admit that God is God. To admit that... <laughs> Here's what happens when you get off center. You start thinking that you're God. You're on the hamster wheel. You just got to keep running, and you're a mess. You just got to keep running. You can't stop and recenter because you're so important. The world can't spin without you. What's the opposite of that? Be extremely active and think that you are God. That's what panic tells you. It's too important, man. Just keep running. Just keep going. Just... Everybody depends on you. and You're no good to anybody broken up. Be still and know that, that I am God. You know what no means? To be instructed. To be skillful. Which means that not everybody is born able to do this. So build it. And if it's something you can build and a skill you can learn, then doesn't that give you a lot of power? I love that. I, um, I decided to spend holiday Monday changing oil in my vehicles, because that seemed like a good idea. We have two new old vehicles, and... Um, my daughter Harwin's always up for an adventure with dad, and so I said, well, this should only take like an hour. I should be able to have both of them done. I, I took them over to my dad's place because, you know, I don't like getting oil on my garage floor. <laughs> I didn't really. I'm just kind of mostly joking. And, um, but it's funny. I drained the oil pan of my wife's vehicle, and the vehicles are only a year apart from each other, but the oil, the oil filter... So I drained the oil pan, so now I've got a vehicle that's got no oil in it, so i got to get this changed, and I could see the oil filter. I thought, oh, this is not going to be that big of a deal. So I could get the oil filter wrench on it, but on my wife's vehicle versus my vehicle, you'd think they would be the same vehicle, but, but the, they decided to put the fan right up against the oil filter so I can see it. 
I can get an oil filter wrench on it, but the only way to turn that oil filter wrench, I have to actually cut my fingers on the fan. Now what happens when the guy who put the oil filter on in front of you decided that he needed to do it with some sort of impact drill? Because anybody who had a farmer for a dad knows that it just needs to be hand tight and a little bit more. It's just an oil filter. Relax with the impact drill. It was an interesting learning curve from my daughter because I was definitely getting to this place in my heart that I wasn't being still and knowing that God was still on the throne. There was a lot of muttering coming out from under the vehicle and as she was holding the flashlight, she asked me, what does that word mean that you keep using, Dad? And I, I just made that up. She goes to public school. She knows what they all mean. Uh, and I kind of made up the other part. But I'll tell you what. I was starting to get locked into this frustration. I'm like, this dude is a 15-minute job, man. Like, <laughs> I didn't have the right tools. And so here, here, here's what I realized. If you don't have the right tools, you can spend a half an hour under there and have blood dripping down your arms if you want. Or you can go to Canadian Tire and get the right tools. The trouble is I didn't know what was the right tool, so I came back with a tool <laughs> and had more blood on my arms. And then... And then I had to go to Canadian Tire again. But you know what I realized? I realized that, that the trip over to Canadian Tire, and thank God that Dad's van was still there. And he wasn't there at the time, but his van was, and I just used his stuff because sooner or later it's all coming to me. Anyways, and so, so I thought, well... <laughs> so what happened was I, I made two trips over to Canadian Tire, and then I realized, you know what? This is how I used to feel when I, I come from the trades. I don't know what line of work you come from, but I don't know how many, like hundreds and thousands of times. I was in the, the line of work that I was at, and everything is not working. And it has to work because it's costing somebody a lot of money when it's not working. And you're the only one there who can fix it and you don't know what to do. And, and some, some mom out there is like, but that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm the only one that can fix this and I don't know how to fix that kid. I don't know how to fix our relationship. I don't know how to fix my relationship with my husband. I just don't know. I don't know how to fix my relationship with my boss. Work. I just don't know. And I'm over here and I can feel like I'm over here and I keep telling myself that it's really not that bad, but it probably is. And... And it was getting that bad for me, but I realized that what I used to do and what I learned to do then was something that you need to learn to do in your spiritual life, is that I got into the vehicle and took a break for 20 minutes and came back. And by the time I come back, I feel a little bit more rested and, and, and everything else here, but, but what we do in our life, and I eventually got the right tool that got that thing off. Now, I thought it was going to be easier, just like you thought your life was going to be easier than it is. I thought it was going to be easier to turn that thing off even with the right tool, but I'll tell you, it, took, it came off of there a millimeter at a time. While I cursed whoever put that on there, that tight, wasn't my fault. Jesus, just Jesus, take the oil filter. Take a little country music for you there, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I know you appreciate country just like I do. And, um, I'm not going to say what's coming next. But here's the, <laughs> here's the thing. What happens in our lives is we 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 get stuck with the oil t- filter, so we drain the 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 pan of oil. And then we, we have no oil in the filter. But because we have to get up and run to the next thing and run to the kids to the next thing and run to the next thing, we're just like, oh, we don't know what to do. So we just put the oil plug back in with no oil in it with the old filter stuck on there. And we run like that for years until something falls apart and blows up. And what God wants you to do is make sure that that oil stays fresh in there. Make sure that every, every so often in your day that oil filters, that, that, that filter and the oil gets changed. And every so often in your day it gets shifted and recentered. And I'm going to talk to you about where that needs to be recentered. Now it says to be instructed, be still and be instructed that I am God. 
be still and to be instructed about what particularly and this is what takes us to Hebrews chapter 4 that talks to us uh, now the New Testament is now talking about the Old Testament and if you didn't grow up in church um, that happens a lot the New Testament is the fulfillment of, of the Old Testament and what happened here so it's not like the Old Testament went away it didn't go away it was fulfilled in the New Testament and it's really really cool here in fact the name Joshua is the Hebrew name of Jesus so we've been talking about five disciplines that Joshua wants, and we're going to see something else that Jesus does concerning this word rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter, the author to the Hebrew says. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. What do you mean? You mean like I can have the promise of God, but not enter its fulfillment? Yeah. Every promise of God is conditional on something in your life. So you don't have the power to fulfill the promise of God, but even the salvation of your soul is conditional on you admitting your need for help and giving up control of what little you have in your life to God. And so it's every promise of God, oh yeah, he means it and he can do it, but it's conditional on something that you do. That's called faith. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. Listen, today for you. Today to his audience. God announced this through David. You remember King David, much later in the words already quoted, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now he's doing this complicated little thing here, but just stay with me. It says, now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, the rest that we already talked about, if Joshua had succeeded in the ultimate fulfillment of that rest after the war, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is this, listen, special rest still waiting for the people of God. Still waiting for you to take possession of it. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. It should be noted that you should also be laboring. (laughs) Just as God did after creating the world. So listen to this, listen to this. You are not more talented than your disciplines. Because God himself took a day of rest after creating the universe. Why did he do that? Because he himself is not above his disciplines. He is not above his own character. And part of your character needs to be rest. So let this thing work into your heart and your soul so that when you start getting off center, this character starts pulling you back to center. Back to who you really could be and who you really are. So let us do our best hand for that rest, but if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. He goes right into here what the topic needs to be about the word of God, the Bible, his words to you in your life. When you read the Bible in the morning and it punches you in the stomach because you're like, oh wow, I need to do something about this right now. When he speaks comfort to your soul when you lose something, and he speaks comfort through his word. It says, for the word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, we were having pork chops the other day. And Katie, Katie is using like a, like a kind of a bread knife or like a butter knife to cut her pork chops. And they were a little bit dry. And so she was applying so much pressure that that is kind of shot out on the table, her pork chop. So boom. And so I'm like, Katie, Katie. And, but, but. In my head, I'm doing this preparation for the sermon, and I'm like, the word of God is sharp. See, if you've got a sharp knife, and I'm like, Katie, go get a sharp knife. Let the sharpness of the knife do the work, not how much pressure you can apply to it. 
<laughs> and listen, and listen, that's the problem with your words is that your words aren't sharp like the word of God is sharp. And when you keep speaking, the words that your mama said over you, like you're never going to make it, you're never going to be able to do this. The words of your boss, like, hey, you keep failing at this. You're, you don't have this in you. And the, the word of God says, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's the sharpness of the word. That makes all the difference. You let the sharpness of the word, the sharpness of the knife do the work. Not your own muscle power, not your own morality. No, 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 the, the morality of God, the, the thoughts of God, the holiness of God, the power of, of the living God. And then it says this. It's sharp. Cutting between soul and spirit. I'm going to come back to that. Between joint and marrow. Well, what's he talking about, the author? It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's talking about us, what it's doing to us. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. I let that sit in me all week. I do sermon preparation on Tuesday. And uh, all week long it sits inside of me. There's, there's the first word of truth that God wants to bring to you, but then there's this other thing that I, I have to dig deeper for. And I have to dig through the pain of my week to get to. And I have to see something else in there that God had in there all along, but it only comes after a bit of pain and a bit of torment and a bit of uncertainty just like it could come to you just like this week as you go throughout this week there's going to be the apparent truths that you have but then as your week progresses and you find out that you really need to hit reset because God will test the word and the devil certainly will try to test the word of God to see if you got it or not and so I have your week that's coming I just have it a week ahead of time and God knows that you're going to have pain and trouble this week and going to be tempted to panic that's why you're here. The Holy Spirit is a prophetic God. He can tell you what's coming and get you ready for it. The devil's got nothing on him. Everything the devil does is not a surprise to God. He can see it coming. But what God wants to do is give you a sharp word. For what though? For what though? And recenter. I think when we recenter, what we're talking about in our society today is recentering something in us. But why then does the scripture say, between the soul and spirit. All week long. That's been in my head. Why, why does it say that? And as I went out yesterday morning. Because I don't get Saturday mornings. Because I'm a preacher. And so. Well, all y'all are sleeping in. I'm out praying and out. And out. Uh, trying to get that last thing for you. And I. I realized the, the centering, the centering, the centering. What do we recenter on? Are we recentering ourselves? What are we recentering on? Did you know that? That can I just take a, a teaching moment? You got a minute? So, a human is three parts: body, pretty evident. Body, soul, and spirit. Now, let me explain this for, to you: body, soul, and spirit. So, your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions, who you are, how you think, how you feel, your desires, your will. Your soul. When I, when I look at you, I'm, I'm thinking about who you are and who your soul is, what your soul is. Now, we don't, we don't quite say this right, but when we say that a, a person's soul is saved, what we really mean is that a person's spirit is saved. 
And so, so your body and soul and spirit, now, now your soul needs to be regenerated, but your soul is still part of the flesh. So there's still always going to be this like fleshly desire in you to do the wrong thing. Paul talks about this. He's like, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. And so he's like, there's this soul and this work of God that needs to happen in the soul. And there's, there's, you know, you can't cast your soul out. You can't cast your flesh out. You can only discipline it. But there's this other thing called the spirit. And when Adam and Eve in the garden, see, see, Satan, we Christians believe that this actually happened in some form. And, and, and the Satan, he whispered to Adam and Eve, not to their spirit, because the scriptures say that God is spirit. And if you worship God, you must worship him in spirit and truth, because that's what connects to a spirit. So three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And when Adam and Eve listened to the serpent whisper to their soul what it kind of wanted to hear, do you remember what it really was? Like, you need to experience sin for yourself. That's what he said. You could actually be like God. Your story over here, like, oh, you're too busy, you're panicking, your, your life is a mess, and you could be like God. Like, well, no, but you can just decide that that's the way it was supposed to be. And the devil's like, you could actually, you're smart enough to be God. You, you could be like God. It's the same lie that he fell for, of course, but, but listen. Cutting between the soul and the spirit, and I realized when they fell for that lie in their soul, it killed their spirit. And when Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, what does that mean? I got to go back into my mom and come back out again? And Jesus is like, ugh. <laughs> Gross. What are you talking about? No, 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 you don't understand this. And he starts talking about the spirit. He's like, Nicodemus, you're like a pastor. What are, you don't even know what this is. Yuck. Stop it. No, no, he's like the spirit. The problem is you have no connection in your spirit because when Adam and Eve sinned, sin killed the thing that connected to God, which was their spirit. So you're born with the spirit, but it's still born inside of you. And if you've never given your life to Christ, you have this spirit, but it's not alive. And the only thing that can breathe life into it is the person of Jesus Christ. When you come and say, God, my sin killed this thing. And not just, I was born in it. It was already dead. And then I added to it and it's dead, dead. Now it's done. And so the Holy Spirit of God breathes life into that by the words of Jesus Christ that, that when you give your sin to God, he trades it to bring life into the spirit. Because the cross, it didn't end at the cross. He was raised to life three days after. And the same God that raised Jesus to, to life could raise you to life and could raise your spirit to life. And so this is what he's saying here is this rest that you need to enter in. The word of God can actually cut between your soul and your spirit because we mix them all together. And then we have soulish Christians who are still trying to live out how they think and how they feel and their desires. And, and God is saying to somebody today, you need to stop trusting your soul and quit recentering in your own soul. You need to recenter in your spirit. Because the spirit cares about the things of God, but the soul kind of cares about itself. And when you rest and when you take time out during your day, I take like a minute or two, 10 times a day, and I just come back into this place of rest. And I say, God, why don't you be God? Because I actually need to recenter this out of my soul because that's where I'm panicking right now. I need saving from my own soul because that's where my problems are. I need to come back to, to center. See, when your life is too busy and you're living a soulish, fleshly life, what will start happening is that the words of God that could speak truth to you, you'll start protecting your story from God himself if you want to live in the soul. Because he'll threaten your story. 
And he'll be like, not cool, you could do better. And you'll be like, I can't. Because my story tells me that I can't and that you wanted this for me. And God's like, I did not want this for you and I can save you from it. When you get tired of telling the story. And what it does is it, it separates, the word of God separates that when I read the word of God. But then every day, two or three times or 10 times or 20 times, no matter how many times I need it in a day, I just stop telling myself the story and I just enter this other place. And I'm like, God, you be God. You decide. I don't trust myself. I need to be centered in you. You decide. I'm tired of thinking all these thoughts. They're not helping me. I'm tired of feeling all these things. They're not helping me. I'm tired of all my desires. Some are good, some are bad. I don't want to be centered there. I want to be centered in you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here today. I pray that they would be centered in you this week and they would take as many timeouts during the day as they need. Go to the bathroom where the kids can't knock on that door and recenter just for a moment. God, you be God. God, I love you. I trust you. I don't trust myself. God, I trust you. You come and be God of our lives this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.